Welcome, welcome my friends to the Beggars and Brawlers podcast. This is episode number 10, recorded February the 5th of 2021. After an epic writing session, I wrote the most words of any day in my writing career today, 5,000. And I'm going to need them because this is only book two in a trilogy of trilogies. That's right, I'm writing nine books in this series. And why would I attempt such a thing? Well, listen on and find out. So reviews have been coming in for Daughter of Flood and Fury. Um, Just today, Fantasy Book Review called it an engaging, fun, and riveting novel, uh, which always feels really good to read. And they also compared me to Brandon Sanderson, which also feels good because, as you probably know, he's one of my big inspirations in writing. And like all the reviews that I've gotten so far, at least from the professional reviewers, called out the pacing. This one is page turner. It's fast. Calvin Park uh, wrote the review. And he also called out how it, it's fast, but there are there are moments to breathe in it, so it's not like a thriller, which is exactly what I was going for and is awesome. But in general, I wanted to write this fast book that you could read in a couple sittings that was still epic. And that's kind of a contradiction because you think of epic books as like, well, Brandon Sanderson novels that are so long that, you know, it's going to take you a month to read it, but the end is going to be so epic. <laughs> and I love that epic scope, and I don't always love that epic reading time and how there can be so much middles. So my design for these books, or my goal anyway, was to give you this really satisfying story that's also something you can do in a plane ride rather than an entire Russian winter, (laughs) which I feel like is epic fantasy's roots. That same review, Fantasy Book Critic, called out these little hints of world building that I put in Daughter of Flood and Fury and how he can tell that the world is so much bigger. And Friends Talking Fantasy and uh, Fantasy Book Critic also called this out, how you get hints of it, but I don't spend chapters and chapters describing what this country's like and this culture is like because I wanted to focus on one story. So I couldn't hold myself back from building that giant, rich, detailed world. I'm still an anthropologist and an epic fantasy lover, so I don't think I'll ever write a book that doesn't have a giant world behind it. But I kept those hints to hints because I wanted this book short. And that's where this uh, potentially insane idea of a trilogy of trilogies comes up. If I'm going to keep these books short, but I still want the scope to be epic, then I'm going to need a lot of books. There's no way of getting around it. And uh, what I thought would just be honestly a standalone or maybe a trilogy, the more I kept developing it, uh, the longer it got. And those big parts, the really epic parts, I discovered were the ones that I was really excited about, like uh, Alethea's quest in the very long term and the very crazy things that are going to happen at the ends of each trilogy. Those are the ones that I'm really excited to get to. So I am just going to have to write a lot of books. But this isn't just me, it's also acting on this advice that I got a while ago, the idea that you should write the books that you've always wanted to read and you can't find. And there's another way that I have not been reading the fantasy books that I want to, and that's the experience that I had even when I was a kid reading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, which if you've read my books, you can probably tell has been really influential in what I write. Especially, well, this has been more as an adult that have had this experience. Uh, I think our attention spans are shorter these days. And I finally got to the middle section because I I laid off reading around, I think, Winter's Heart when I was in college. And um, man, from Winter's Heart on through to the end of Jordan's time in that series, those books, 
lose their pacing. They become just kind of like all middle with a hundred pages in the beginning that reminds you of what happened in the last giant section of middle. And then they kind of have like an ending just tacked on, but the middle just feels like middle. There's not a sense of rising or falling action. And at the end of these thousand page books, I would kind of put them down and go, well, that was interesting, I guess, but I didn't get that like rousing epic conclusion and that sense of like, here's where we started, here's where we ended, this has been a journey. It just kind of feels like the middle 100 miles of a 600 mile drive. So um, I don't want my books to feel like that. Even if I want to make that 600 mile drive, I want to take it in 50 mile increments and have each one be a journey. Um, and have something important happen in each one. So anyway, that's me trying to take the scope and the writing that I love from Jordan and improve on it by making books that have that satisfying beginning, middle, and end. Um, And another thing that I've wanted to change that's still current in epic fantasy is the expectation of length. You know, when you say epic fantasy, you think, okay, this is going to take all month to read. And... (laughs) My guy, Brandon Sanderson, absolutely writes those books. For him, a shorter book is around 120,000 words, um, and his Stormlight archives are like 400,000. And it literally took me all of December to read Stormlight 4, and he's good at having that satisfying beginning, middle, and end. He's famous for his endings, but still, that middle takes so long. (laughs) He says he plans him as a trilogy, but if he did, when you got to the end of that middle book, you would not be feeling satisfied or like you'd read a complete book. So where I'm looking to improve on what, (laughs) so where I'm looking to improve on the master, and this may be hubris on my part, uh, is to see if I can tell as satisfying as a story, or at least as succinct a story in less time and let the let the satisfying giant scope that we want come out in multiple books. And I guess I'm being influenced here too by the dominant media of our time, which unfortunately is not literature anymore. <laughs> or you can bemoan that if you want, it's just the times, and something else will replace film as well, when we can finally have tactile sensation or have emotions piped into our brain, or whatever it's going to be. I love the format of a well-written TV series, and here I think of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, Joss Whedon, I guess, where you get these individual complete episodes that have a beginning, middle, and end. Something happens, they overcome a problem, and you also get these little hints, a lot of times just about character, about like going deeper into this character, but sometimes about the bigger plot, like who's been behind the problem in this week, and what did we learn that's going to give us the edge against them when we come up against them next time. So you have this larger story that's building in the background. And that's my goal for this trilogy of trilogies, is to see at least each trilogy and probably more the entire nine book sequence as a season where we get these individually satisfying episodes, but we also have this much larger epic story building in the background. And it's challenging to do because like a fantasy book critic called out, all I can do is give hints in book one about the other uh, important crazy things that are going on in the rest of the world. And then in book two, we go to a different scene and we get more of that one, but still I'm only hinting at the other ones. And maybe we meet some characters who know more about those other places, but it's a slow, gradual opening rather than making you sit through all that opening and world building to get to your first ending and even see if you love these characters or love this series. I just want to quicken it up and have a lot more of those satisfying punches instead of one every thousand pages or so. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how that turns out. The first book is the only one out now, but people have been loving it. So if you haven't picked up a copy, there's a link for that in the show notes. And unfortunately, the audiobook is not out yet, which brings me to my progress bar, <laughs> which starts with Daughter of Flood and Fury audiobook at 99%. Uh, Audible 
promises us that within a month of getting our files, they'll have that book up for sale. I sent it on January 7th and it's February 5th now. So they've still got two days, but I've heard nothing. So that one's at 99%. It's out of my hands. I apologize because if you're listening to this, you probably like listening to your books too. And I was done with that one a long time ago, but it's coming. The sequel, what I'm calling Witch of Wealth and Deceit, although I've come up with some other cool titles now, as of today is at 60%, which is awesome to say because I just feel like I'm steaming through this book. And I literally wrote 6% of that today, which feels crazy. Like I said in the intro, I wrote 5,000 words today. That's more words than I've ever written in a sitting by a lot. (laughs) And most of it was this epic fight sequence, and fight sequences come to me easy. But still... I I never want to sacrifice quality for length, and I don't think I did, so it just feels really good to have powered out that much fiction, because <laughs> i got a lot of stories I want to tell. Um, and the other thing in the progress bar right now, the next thing coming up, I think after this book, is a novella set in the same world, I think probably following Gaxna, who we meet in book one. And um, don't be surprised if next time I pitch some ideas at you. I love getting feedback from my listeners and readers uh, about what stories sound the most interesting and then writing those. So this feels a little bit more collaborative because I love writing stories, but I have a million that I want to tell. So I want to write the ones that you want to read too. So look for that. I might have a poll up next time. In my own reading, I (laughs) stacked a bunch of books on top of my TBR with the uh, SPFBO sale that was on last month. I hope you got in on that because there was a ton of good books at 99 cents. Um, I picked up Rachel Emma Shaw's Last Memoria, which is one of the finalists this year. Um, And it's a beautifully written book, and it has a a really interesting premise, and I really like the magic. So I enjoyed getting into that one, and I checked out Ben Galley's Weird Western Blood Rush, whose cover has called to me. This is dumb, but, you know, covers... They speak to you when they're good, and that cover has always just grabbed me. It's been out since 2015, and finally I was like, okay, this thing is a dollar. Let me get it. So I got it, and it turns out that Ben is a wonderful writer. I kind of always knew that because he's on the indie radar, but I had never read anything by him. Um, And yeah, Blood Rush has a super fun premise and a lot of humor in it, as well as some very weird magic. So if that's your thing, um, I highly recommend that one, even though I'm sure it's not 99 cents anymore. But the one that really caught me is uh, The Thief Who Pulled on Trouble's Braids, which is the winner of the first SPFBO back in, I think that was 2015, um, by Michael McClung. It's, uh, I think in a lot of ways, it's comparable to Daughter of Flood and Fury, which my friend Mike Moogs over at the Swords and Sports podcast called out to me. It's fast. uh, It's set in an epic world. I don't think his scope is as epic. He keeps it a little bit tighter, but there's lots of magic and Something that I love about this book, especially after finishing that massive and intense Stormlight novel, is that it's just fun. It's just fast, a quick read. I can do it for 15 minutes or two hours, and I'm happy either way. Um, Yeah, sometimes I just want a book that's fun, and that's exactly what this one feels like. So I've been having a ton of fun reading that one, and if you've read it, I would love to hear what you thought about it, and if you haven't, I definitely recommend it. So anyways, I'm going to get back to this novel. I don't know if I have any more words left in me, but there's lots of other stuff to do. Uh, I think I mentioned before that this year I challenged myself to get to 3,000 words a day because I've been doing 2,000 since I started this eight years ago. So to hit 5,000 feels amazing. (laughs) I probably talked about it too much in this podcast, but you only got so many years on this earth. And for me, I got a lot of stories that I want to tell. So I can't wait to bring you this one because I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. So till then, thanks for listening and read on. 
For more information on Levi Jacobs and his books, including the award-winning Tide Collar Chronicles, please visit www.levijacobs.com. Or for a free audiobook, only available to podcast listeners, go to www.levijacobs.com slash free. Thanks for listening and read on.